What's up, guys? This episode of 15 Minutes of Star-Lord is brought to you by some companies that I love. Nogi Nation, Nogi No Problem. Go there for all your Nogi accessories, rash guards, shorts, t-shirts. If your school's looking to get some uh, custom rash guards made or custom shirts, we can do that as well. Also, Wicked Warrior Coffee, fueling my day every day, giving me the energy to get going through my training sessions, running multiple businesses, all that fun shit. And going on, we got the Finishers Podcast. Shout out to Zach and JM. I saw those dudes this weekend. Fucking love those guys. Always been a big supporter of me and always support those guys, Zach, JM, and uh, Ross the Boss. So go check out Finishers Podcast, Finishers Enterprises, Finishers.tv. Thanks, guys. Holy fucking shit. Had a great fucking weekend, but super exhausting. So I uh, got through some really cool shit this weekend. I uh, scouted some scouted the venue for Sapotero coming up in April. Our 185 tournament come back first time back in like a year. I uh, got to go corner Spencer, John Combs, uh, Jared over at Jits Kings in Miami, and then drove straight back. Slept for like three hours. Got up and cornered all my guys at MMAC in Tampa the next day. And then Sunday, you know, kind of kind of chilled out a little bit because long-ass weekend, needed to cut some slack and uh, relax a little bit. You can't be redlining your body every fucking day and expect, expect it to perform at a decent level. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to do a little review of all the cool shit that happened. Uh, so, yeah, we got all our planning done at the venue, Extreme Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Claremont, just outside of Orlando for the upcoming Sapatero Invitational 185-pound tournament. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking at the board right now. We only have two spots left to give away, and then we're going to do qualifiers for two spots. And uh, we're going to do two qualifiers, one on the west coast of Florida at my gym, one at the east coast of Florida, hopefully at a Gambler's Jiu-Jitsu Club over in Palm Beach. And, yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a $40 entry. Winner gets a free spot in the Sapatero. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably do some super fights and maybe – some lower belt tournaments too, give out some cash, be a good time. But the venue's awesome, you know. If, if you've never been to Extreme Gracie, they have like an on it style facility, giant mat space, smoothie bar, locker rooms, lots of lots of room, great workout facility. And basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw about two hundred chairs in there and uh, pack the place out. And we got our streaming set up. PA systems, lights, cameras, all that fun shit. And we got 16 competitors about to throw down for a possible $5,000. Some great super fights that I'm working on. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. But uh, me and my buddy Scott, he's helping me out now with uh, Sapotero. And kind of we're taking it in a a good direction, you know. And we went up there, drove from uh, Palmetto, where my school's at to uh claremont probably about two hours nice drive got a lot of shit done and uh yeah it was a two-hour drive for a 25-minute meeting had some badass barbecue and then drove back taught kids class right away my two kids classes and then thursday night i believe it was so i taught my nogi classes and uh yeah i got everybody ready for the tournament this weekend and then friday morning kind of got some more shit done with the tournament, some my other business stuff going on, and I drove 
to Miami. And uh, it's about three and a half hours from where I'm at. And uh, I drove out there for Jets Kings because uh, John Combs was with me this week, needed a corner. Turns out Spencer needed a corner last minute. And uh, Jared Anderson, I cornered him as well. I went out there and helped him a little bit last week to get ready for his matches. And I got to say, Jets Kings really stepped it up. I went to their Tampa event and uh, night and day difference, you know, much bigger, nicer facility, much better uh, quality of action. You know, they had some big names on this event. Uh, Ethan Crellenston won the whole thing, $5,000 and the 145 pound title. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause I got to see a lot of guys that I haven't seen in a while. You know, Ethan was there. Gordon was there. Zach and JM were there. Um, I'm trying to think now. Obviously Spencer and uh, Emilio was there. A bunch of dudes that I've had on the event and just haven't seen Ethan in probably two years since we were in uh, Amsterdam together. And uh, Zach and JM, I haven't seen them since the second 145-pound tournament for Sapotero. And, uh, yeah, dude, just good hanging out with those guys because – Zach and JM are sold to the earth, and we got to talk a little bit. Unfortunately, JM got uh, stalled out by big fight sports dude who beat him by two. But, uh, you know, JM always goes out and puts on a show and fucking <laughs> ended up pulling donkey guard on him towards the end because the guy was just disengaging the whole time. But uh, Spencer did awesome. He won his first match by outside heel hook in about a minute. And then he had Ethan Crellins in the second round, and they had a really good match. Spencer was all over Ethan's legs for about three and a half, maybe four minutes, and he was executing the game plan to perfection. Ethan didn't really have any offensive movements, but uh, caught Spencer slipping in 50-50, caught him with an inside heel hook while Spencer was trying to dig for his own and uh, got the tap. But really, really impressed with Spencer because – He's had a lot going on the last few years, and uh, everybody loves a comeback story. And, I mean, Spencer's been my boy since day one. He was on the first Sabatero, weighed in at 135 pounds with a 160 bracket. And, uh, yeah, he's one of those dudes that if you need a competitor, you let him know he'll just fucking show up. And uh, he, he was pulling an Ironman this weekend like me. He drove to Miami, competed. We both drove home about the same time. He got two hours sleep. I got, like, four hours of sleep. Then he had to go ref at MMAC the next day and then made it to the finals of the absolute division as well. So dude's a, dude's a savage. And, uh, yeah, Jared Anderson did really well. He got kind of fucked in his match. But uh, the only complaint I do have about Jits Kings is just because they're using their own kind of points format. And it's like modified ADCC with IBJJF scoring, all subs legal. And uh, in the rules meeting – they mentioned that there would be no penalty for dropping back for a leg lock during a legitimate attempt. And unfortunately that wasn't kind of enforced. And it's, it's something, I mean, it's their second event and they're going to grow from it, you know? And uh, so Jared was in 50, 50. He ended up getting swept and it was down by two and he dropped back from a guard passing position on a honey hole inside heel hook. And the ref gave Andre another two as he stood up. So Jared legitimately had him in danger there. 
but they still gave Andre two. So Andre was up four nothing. Jared got two back, and they got screwed again because he came up on 50-50 to an established position, which normally in IBJJF is a sweep. So it should have been four four and gone into overtime, but uh, referee made a mistake. But Jared looked awesome. I mean, he was all over Andre's legs. Andre did a phenomenal job of defending, but he never really had Jared in a like real submission danger. Jared just kind of was all over the heels. He was attacking ankle locks, Z-locks, all that fun stuff. Andre did have a couple ankle lock attempts, but he did a good job really, really defending well and coming up and playing the points game. So, I mean, you win some, you lose some, but Jared looked really good. I'm, I was excited about that. And then uh, I got to corner John Combs in the co-main event, and he took on Cody Steele, the EBI 185 pounds combat jiu-jitsu champion. And, man, I love Cody, but it, it really shows you the difference between a newer, younger competitor. And not that John's old. He's only 28, but he's been around for a minute, you know. And um, he played smart. He, he went in the first four minutes, kind of played some guards, tried to tried to drop for some leg locks and try to catch Cody slipping because uh, we knew Cody had been caught with leg locks a few times in the last – probably three or four matches. But uh, Cody did a really good job neutralizing that. And then towards the second half of the no points portion, so about two minutes in, John really started going heavy on the collar ties and uh, dragging Cody around. And there was a couple times that we got to see Cody start coming forward off those those collar ties. And you could really see him getting worn out by just the, uh, the aggressive nature of his tie-ups. And John could feel this. So as soon as points happened, he took a shot. Cody defended. So he uh, went back to the collar ties, took a second shot on a single, ended up finishing with a knee tap to a double, got his two points. And then Cody decided to turtle, which uh, was a tactical mistake on his point because John's back game is phenomenal. So John obviously secured the back, got his points, locked in a body triangle, and then face crushed Cody and won 6 nothing with a RNC finish. And, uh, yeah, John is a scary motherfucker because, I mean, Cody's top 15, you know, and John's been traveling for the past two weeks cross-country, not really getting to train as hard as he would like to, and he looked phenomenal in there. So I'm really excited to see what John has coming up. I'm helping him out a little bit and working with him on getting some events going and all that fun shit. So I'm uh, real excited to see what we can get booked for him. Then the next day, so I finished Jits Kings. We finished about 12 a.m., maybe 12.30. I drove back, got home at 3.30, got in bed, got up at 7.30, was at the gym, picked up my students, and drove to MMEC in Tampa to coach my uh, my kids. And they all did great. Got got this kid, Colt, took first in the gi, second no gi. Aiden had a tough day, but, I mean, I'm all about – throwing the kids to the wolves because, I mean, this is how they really get to learn about life, you know. Jiu-Jitsu is such a great metaphor sometimes because sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're, you're not, and sometimes you're the nail. But uh, it really shows me a lot about the kids and who they're going to grow up to be and what I can do to kind of help mold them in the, the proper direction. But they did, they did phenomenal, showed a lot of great technique, a lot of things we've been working on, and then uh, – my adults went out there. We, we brought a good crowd of adults. We had, I want to say about eight of them. 
my guy, Kevin, he's one of my purple belts. He stepped into the absolute division at 44 years old, you know, and uh, took a guy out first round. Kevin wrestled in high school, nothing serious, but played a real smart game. Um, got a, I think it was an ankle pick takedown. Got his two, you know, ended up getting laced up in Honey Hole, defended really well, came up again, got another two points for the sweep, and ended up winning 4 nothing against a guy probably – probably 20 some odd years old, you know, and Kevin's 44 and he's a, uh, he works with steel. He, he's very manual labor, owns his own business, but tough motherfucker. And it makes me really happy to see the older guys get in there and mix it up with the younger guys and show them that they can still win matches, you know? So he looked really good. Uh, my white belt, Danny jumped in the absolute looked phenomenal. He, uh, ended up, Going down by two points, played a really good guard game, had some good attacks off, ended up getting a sweep and tied it up with like 45 seconds left, then got a little excited on his passing at times and got caught in an outside heel hook. And I told him to tap immediately just because we have his actual white belt division coming up that we want him to win. And he, he did just that, got got tapped by an outside heel hook, but looked really good. Kid's been with me for maybe eight months. And... uh then he went out there, won double gold, took his no-gi division and his gi division. Uh, who else? Chris, my big heavyweight. Oh, man, he was running around like crazy. He won his his gi division at white belt, uh, all, all wins by sub. He won a no-gi division that he, they just threw him in uh, because the guy was looking for matches, another, like, 270-pound guy. He won that one on points, but that was a fucking war. He was down – like I think 12 to six with about a minute left. And then he ended up coming back, sweeping the guy, passing his guard, going to the mount. And then he ended up winning like 13 to 12. Really, really good match. Showed me a lot of heart. And then we threw him in the intermediate division. And dude, this guy, he grappled was probably like 320 pounds. And they went after it. You know, they, they were, it was just a dog fight. I'm going to, I'm going to put a YouTube video together for uh, this match specifically just because it was such a fucking back-and-forth match. And this guy obviously wrestled, had a little bit more experience than Chris. I mean, it was the intermediate division. But um, super impressed with that because Chris has been training for like maybe 14 months. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of really good things happening over there. My, my guy Gray took double gold. Uh, Jomi, one of my females, went in there. And uh, had some matches. She ended up going up a weight class and grappling a girl who's like 180 pounds. And <laughs> she missed weight by like one pound, so she ended up in the heavyweight division. So uh, she ended up losing those matches, but showed a lot of heart. And every match, she got better and better. And again, we talk about this in some other episodes, but that's what I look for in my, my students is just the fact that they can come back and do better each match. You know, you're not, I don't expect you to win every match, you know, but showing that heart and that discipline to come grinding back is, is really huge. Um, Gage was a fucking moron, decided to compete, but luckily everything worked out well. So Gage hasn't been training for probably about a year. He's going in the Air Force, which I'm super happy about and proud of him for. But uh, he ships off in two weeks, and he texts me and says, hey, I'm competing. And I'm like, no, you're not, you idiot, because what if you slip on a banana peel, tear your ACL, and you don't get shipped off? Didn't listen to me, obviously. 
jumped in the absolute division, got one of the biggest dudes first round, lost. Jumped into the uh, expert men's 170, won his first match, pulled out of his second. Had some good wins, had a couple losses, but, I mean, that's what you get for not training. And uh, biggest things he got, got out healthy, didn't get hurt, so very happy with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who else I had competing. I had my kids. You already talked about Kevin, Chris. Talked about Jomi. Talked about Gage. Talked about Gray. Yeah, overall, real good real good work by all my guys. So I'm really excited about that. But, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much my weekend. Just a little recap. Got to do a lot of cool shit. Very grateful for my life, even when it means being a road warrior. And, dude, I put <laughs> – between the last two weeks, I put – probably 2,500 miles on my car in two weeks. So <laughs> been traveling around a lot. Wouldn't change it for the world. So that's about it. That's my weekend. Remember guys, 1% better every day. Suck 1% less, a little bit less of a piece of shit every day. So uh, thanks for listening.